In the name of the one God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm going to start with just a quick question. Have you ever used those virtual reality goggles yet? Or have you seen somebody else use them? And I'll be honest, I've, I've never tried them personally. I sort of feel queasy just thinking about trying to trick my brain into being somewhere I'm not. But I have discovered that I really enjoy watching other people use virtual reality glasses as they're tripping into tables and running into walls and falling over coffee tables. And uh, I discovered one really particularly interesting video. Um, I thought it was fascinating. You see there was these virtual reality developers and they created a program called Walk the Plank. And the game was simple. Someone would put a set of goggles on and a set of earmuffs on and then the facilitator would set a plank down in front of them in the middle of this room. And then they began the game. Now, the application, we could see it, it started in an elevator looking out into like a hotel lobby. And then the doors closed, and the elevator went up, and when the doors opened, you were at the top of a skyscraper just looking out into open space, and the city was just down below you. And this plank, just floated out into open air over the street. And uh, each person, you could hear, they could hear the wind whipping in their ears through the headphones, and as they timidly peeked out around the corner, you could tell this was freaking them out. Well, the graphics, they were good, but they weren't the real thing. Nonetheless, they took six young uh, professional soccer players and it left them all incapacitated. They couldn't do anything. All they had to do was walk out across the plank, and it, it was too scary. You know, in reality, they were standing in a four-walled, carpeted room surrounded by their friends, but they, they couldn't do it. They couldn't walk over that board that was set in front of them. And I thought, this is a really great illustration that what we perceive is real, it significantly shapes who we are, and what we imagine is possible in the world. And now the Apostle Paul, he never encountered walk the plank. But his letter to the Ephesians, it shows us that Paul knew it was vital that Christians understood the reality and their identity and what it meant to be in Christ. So if we just step back a moment and we take just the simplest overhead view of the book of Ephesians, we see if you cut the letter in half, the first half is all about revealing the reality in which Christians live and how that shapes their identity. Then beginning in chapter 4 in the second half, it is, therefore, since this is what is real and this is who you are, this is how you live. Well, our reading today is in the first half. And so Paul is still working on worldview and identity. And uh, Paul, he didn't have removing virtual reality goggles as a metaphor to use. But if we look in chapter 1, verse 18, I think he gets really close. He opens his letter with a prayer that those who heard would be having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know the hope to which he has called you. 
Since our reading in Ephesians today, it comes from chapter 2, we're plopping down in the middle and we're catching just a snippet of our reality, our hope, which is this. First, we're all created into a new humanity. And second, our identity is marked by a unity and a peace that's not possible in the old world. So let's just review a section of our reading. And I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 13 through 16. So if you want to read in your service booklet or you brought your Bible, it's Ephesians 2, 13 through 16. It says, But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down the, in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in the place of two, so making peace and might reconcile to, uh, to both of us God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. So as a matter of context here, leading up to this point, Paul has been looking at the Ephesians. He sees that they're sealed with the Holy Spirit and are waiting for their future inheritance. He even sees that they love all the other saints. But see, the depth of their love, and our love too, it can only go so far when our hope is somewhere off in the distance. So it's important for us today to know that the ascended Christ has manifested or connected us to this future resurrection and the new creation. It's actually an imminent part of our new reality. So just before our target text, we're getting a little closer. Paul mentions in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, that we have been raised up and seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Of course, what he means is this is over and against what he calls the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. So by the Holy Spirit, we walk in that new reality. Now, how often do we wake up every day and we think, this uh, another day at the office, right? Well, we're bringing people into contact with the kingdom of God. Is that what it looks like when we walk into our office every day? Or how about the heavenly throne room imagery that we talked about in Father Dan's class on Revelation? Do you ever think of your daily lives as occurring before the throne of God? So does the Holy Spirit, does he want to reveal to our neighbors or to our co-workers a glimpse of that marriage supper of the Lamb that we read about? Do they want to know that there's a future place at the table for them as well? That's the reality we bear out to them. Now, I get it. As good Americans, right, we want to know, hey, can't we just get to the application? Sometimes the reality that Scripture portrays is abstract or it's distant or it seems unscientific. And sometimes it seems a little weird. But worldview is very practical. You see, when we gloss over worldview, we end up with something hollow. It's like uh, settling for a united church that's purely invisible, or settling for a gospel that strength is just primarily in being the most rationally coherent. Or how about when we get surprised when God does something miraculous? I mean, we even call it supernatural. 
as if it's unnatural that the God who is sustaining everything reaches in and fixes stuff. So really, those ideas are more of a cheap knockoff. They're the virtual reality side of things. So today, let's, let's flip off those goggles and talk briefly about the actual reality of being new humans in Jesus. First, if you look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 15, let's notice that Christ has created one man in place of the two. In Christ, we're already part of the new humanity. So this is the us part. I call it the us part of the inbreaking new creation that we hear Father Eric talk about a lot. See, in Christ, we're truly different. We're substantially different. And we're, our old selves, they're dead. We're not just choosing to live, like, differently in the same reality. We're not just changing our mindset. And Paul's not saying, hey, keep the goggles on. Let's just play a happier game until we get done, get on to something better. So we're not biding our time. See, in Christ, we stand somehow right now with both feet in the kingdom of God. And it's here, and yes, it's not yet. But we live within the life of the ascended Christ, who is seated at the right hand of the Father. Let's consider how passages like Isaiah 57 that we read today, how does that shape our understanding of this? Because this is a part of the here and now and not yet. We read that God inhabits eternity. We read that he dwells in both the high and holy place, but also with him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit. So somehow, we stand in the presence of God and his eternal victory already. But it's hard to see, isn't it? Well, this is where we're called to ask the Holy Spirit for help. So with a with contrite and lowly spirit, right? We ask him to pull back our blinders, our goggles, and to see that new creation. Then, We'll grow as a people who reflect our future hope more directly. It's like getting closer to the light source. And that brings us to our second point. You see, more, the more fully we see our reality as a new humanity, living before the throne of God every day, then the more the Spirit grows in us our identity as people marked by unity and peace. So all the fluff, right, all the baggage, all the extra categories and the labels and the barriers, many of which we've, we've imposed on ourselves, sadly. All of that can get brought into the, the light of God's glory, and it can be burned away. So folks, it starts when we look up and we say, God, you who inhabit eternity, you came into our reality, and you put on flesh to communicate how much you love us and how hopeless we are without you. We were dead, but you made us alive. And now, according to your word, you say that you have broken down in your flesh the dividing wall of hostility. So this means between you, God, but also between us, each other, side by side, you've broken down that wall. So don't let us simply be unaware of our sin, our dysfunction, our disunity. So how can we stay ignorant when we know Christ has brought us undivided into God's presence. That's the reality that we're walking in. And Paul tells us that it is the sacrifice of Christ that compels us to come together and beg the Holy Spirit's help. 
And true, the church has never been perfectly united. It's never had perfect peace. But do we want it to be better, even just here today? And so there's two questions that I want to pose to us. Are we willing to let God show us the reality in which we, as that new humanity, live no matter what? Are we willing to pursue that? And are we willing to let that reality then show us the barriers that we have between each other and remove them so that the world will know that Christ is who he said he is? I'd just like to pray this. Heavenly Father, as we come forward today to be fed by our Lord, your Son, Jesus Christ, may your Holy Spirit peel back whatever false realities we have accepted. May the eyes of our hearts be enlightened so that we see more clearly what it means to be your new humanity. May we discern that we are part of the one body and it walks with no barriers between each other and you who inhabits eternity. By your Holy Spirit working in us, may we be Christ to the world. May we become even just like the humble hem of Christ's garment, that if just one desperate person could reach out and just touch us, your power would move out and change them forever. Amen.